0: And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus.
1: Um, I'd love you to have a Bible on your lap, if you can. Uh, We're going to sing again, but only after we've uh, thought about that passage for a short while. It's a famous group of sentences, and it got me thinking. It got me thinking about the nativity. Now, in a um, little bit of audience participation, please. In every nativity, what characters must you have? What would you say? Mary. Mary. That's a pretty good start. Mary needs to be in there. Who else? Jesus. Jesus thank you. Who else? Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, Those are the three kind of central characters. But then you get a few others that are kind of added on. Who else would be there? The wise men are there. Donkey. Angel. Donkey. Thank you. Did you say that with a Scottish Shrek like accent? No. Donkey. He needs to be there. Anyone else? Sheep. A few sheepy people. Innkeeper. Thank you. The star. Shepherds, there's a few other people, we've increasingly getting a Christmas tree, I don't know why they're there, but the Christmas tree is there with a kind of a face cut out. Um, there's definitely a star there, we've got one there this morning. Loads of key people in any nativity. We're going to see one later on, but uh, these verses from Matthew tell us about the first, first nativity, about the, the natal star, the star at the, uh, the beginning of Jesus' birth, to signify that he's coming. That, that would be in there as well if we looked at Luke's Gospel. But in the nativity, Mary, rightly, she kind of gets center stage just next to Jesus because she's so central, so significant, so blessed, if you look at Luke's gospel. But this week, I've been thinking not about Mary, who clearly has, a, has the closest relationship to Jesus than anyone can have in the nativity. Jesus was born inside of her. But what about Joseph? Mary's, I find, as a guy, is pretty hard to relate to. I've not carried a child for nine months and a bit. Mary probably carried a child, Jesus, for less than nine months, certainly, maybe four or five. But she's kind of hard to relate to. But uh, Joseph, well, he's a guy, so that's a little bit easier. And in these verses, Matthew tells us that Jesus, Jesus came into the life of Joseph too. But if you read these verses, if you were listening in, we learn that uh, Joseph's sentence 19, well, Joseph He's a righteous man. He's described in that way. He's a, he's a man of character and standing, a man who knew his, knew his Old Testament, we would say, knew his Bible. Um, but he's a man who's wrestling with an absence of Christmas courage. He, uh, he's like the lion. Yeah, the lion in, in, <laughs> on the yellow brick road. He says, I just want my courage back. He uh, was fearful of everything, <clears throat> the lion. But uh, Joseph, he, he's fearful too. And that's why this angelic being, an angel from the heavens above, comes to him and says, don't get Jesus out of your life. Jesus doesn't fit your grid. Jesus doesn't fit uh, your understanding of how life should be. You're facing this massive surprise that Mary is carrying a baby. You're tempted to, to remove Jesus out of your life. You're tempted to kind of get a broom and get rid of her. It looks like she's been unfaithful to you. But Joseph, have some Christmas courage and don't be afraid. He was about to turn his back on her. He was about to literally kind of boot Mary out of his life and out of their relationship. And you understand why. But verse 20, your problem is not that it looks like Mary's been unfaithful to you. Your problem problem is that fear is welling up inside of your heart. It's popping out the top of your cloak. And this angel says, do not be afraid, sentence 20. Don't be afraid. And here's the point from the angel. You cannot be a Christian. You cannot have Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life unless you have the courage that Joseph had. You need to accept Jesus in the same way that, the same way that Joseph did. This passage is about Christmas courage. Christmas courage. What does that mean? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Here's the first one. For you to have Jesus in your life, for you not to brush Jesus out of your life like uh, Joseph was tempted to get rid of Jesus Christ, to to divorce, to to annul the engagement, you need to have the courage that Joseph had. And you need to have the courage, what? Well, first of all, to accept the world's disapproval if you're going to have Jesus in your life just like Joseph was weighing up do I get rid of my wife to be do I get rid of this baby in her womb that I have not met yet or do I face and do I accept the world's disapproval you need courage this key word is in sentence 19 Mary was facing disgrace she was disgraced she was about to be disgraced socially physically Traditionally, traditional cultures, if you are born out of wedlock, it is a shame on you. It's a shame on your family. You would be ostracized. It's kind of the end of your life. It's the end of your dreams. And here is Mary facing disgrace. And even if Joseph were to marry Mary, the disgrace that was facing Mary, it would be shared with him as well. Joseph had this choice. The easy choice, I'm just going to get rid of my fiance, get rid of this baby in her womb, and then I'll have a normal life. It's a bad experience, but I can move on. But Mary never would. And Joseph is facing this great struggle in his heart. It's fear welling up over the top of his little uh, cl- piece of clothing. Because people do the maths. Imagine how people in our society, they're pretty good at doing sums. But uh, I think... Even in that generation, 2,000 years ago, they were even quicker. You know the sums. Okay, so you got married on January the 5th, and your baby was born on May the 10th. That's not right. That's uh, not really orthodox. It should be nine months, and it's four or five. Yeah, people would have been thinking that, and it's a great, tremendous shock and disgrace that it's going to be in Mary's life, that it would have been ruined. And Joseph is saying you know what, the easiest thing for me would be to cut her off, to boot her out, and to look for myself for a new engagement. They're probably late teenagers as well. They were young. With youth, you have the ability to make quick decisions, not always the right ones. And you could just imagine the difficulty that Joseph was having. It was hard enough for Mary, but for Joseph to think, what is happening? What shall I do The immaculate conception is not something that happens to anybody else but my wife uh, to be. And I could be free from disgrace. I could be free from shame. I could be a man of honour. I could be a man with a future. I could go on uh, from one great thing to the next. But if I marry her, then her shame will be mine. Her unfaithfulness would be mine as well. Friends, if you become a Christian... You need to have the courage that Joseph had. The courage to face the world's disapproval. That's what he was weighing up in his mind and in his heart. What shall I do? And it's the shame for every Christian in every age. If you're a Christian here this morning, in your workplace, if you have the opportunity to say, actually, I'm a Christian because what God has done through Jesus for me, I'm forgiven. It's not what I've done. It's a gift that I've received. It's because Jesus died for me on a cross on the first Easter after he was born at the first Christmas. It's nothing that I've done. It's all that he's done. And it's everything that God has accepted in the sacrifice of Jesus who died, who he raised from the grave, who he gave the thumbs up to, who he approved of. That's now a gift to me. It's like the best Christmas gift ever. If you say that, people will misunderstand People will look down upon you. People will disapprove. What are you saying? That Jesus Christ is the only way to God? Yes, that's what the Bible teaches. If you say that, you will face the world's disapproval. You'll be narrow minded, you will look bigoted. But those are the claims of biblical Christianity. It's so exclusive. How can that be true? You see, the problem with you Christians, you look down on other people. You think you're better. No, Christianity does not say that. Christians are people who are able to put their hands up and say, actually, our lives are a mess and we need help. And we need to be rescued. The Bible says we don't need just to be rescued from ourselves. We need to be rescued from a future which is an absence from God, our maker, our redeemer, our friend. And here is Joseph saying, No matter what the world says about Mary, I'm not going to kick her out. I'm not going to push her out. She's going to continue to be my wife. She faces disgrace. It looks like you've been unfaithful. It looks like you've slept with someone else. I can't quite see it clearly, but I see enough that I'm not going to boot you out of our home-to-be. He has courage. He has courage that God gives him to not disown his wife-to-be. He's scared, he's unsure, he's uncertain. There's danger ahead of him socially. But to be a Christian, well, you need to accept the world's disapproval, and that's just what Joseph does. No, she's my wife-to-be. They're illiterate, they're impoverished, they're teenagers, and yet Joseph shows us Christmas courage that each of us needs if we're going to have Jesus in our lives. Here's the second thing. You need courage to, you need courage to accept Jesus' kingship. Jesus' kingship. Look at one of the most striking things here. Sentence 21, if you've got it on your lap. Sentence 21, or I'll read it to you. The angel comes, and with a nice, booming, loud voice, because he went to the Shakespearean training school, he said, Don't you name him. Don't name him. Let me tell you what to name him. You're to name him Jesus. Don't you name him. Now, this is strange. We have, we're, we're not that sort of couple who decide when the baby is born. It, it's kind of a discussion that runs for a few weeks or months beforehand, and then we do a 50-50, and depending what flavor we get when the baby pops out, without any ease, trouble, or strife, it's always that case, we say, ah, it's a boy, therefore we're going to use the boy name. oh, it's a girl, it's going to use a girl name. Um, but here comes the angel and says... Don't you name him. Daddy, don't you name him. Now, think about this. This is always a big deal. I love naming children together with my wife, Jo. But the naming of someone is about authority. It's about creativity and creation. It's about ownership. What do I mean? Think about Mr. Dyson. You know Mr. Dyson, James Dyson, I think it is, or Sir? He made the what? The Hoover, the vacuum cleaner. Well, Mr. Hoover made the Hoover. He made his own version, so he calls it the Dyson. He made a hairdryer, and it only costs 500 quid. Must be great. And he calls it the Dyson Airblade, I think. Think of um, Apple Macintosh. You get the authority to name something when you create it, okay? You get the authority to put your name on a shop when you own it. There's something about naming in the Bible and in traditional cultures that show when you name something, it belongs to you. And here is Joseph who's about to name his child. He's getting some Christmas courage in his heart. When the baby's born, he will name him after his dad, maybe. And the angel says, don't you dare do that. Don't you dare do that. Because this baby is different. This baby this baby is a king. This baby is yours, but actually he belongs to someone else. If you want to receive this child into your life, you need courage to face the world's disapproval, but he doesn't come under your management, you come under his. He doesn't come under your ownership, you come under his. Because this baby is Jesus, and this baby is the king that the uh, Old Testament prophets have been pointing to. This is the king that the world's been waiting for, aching for. And this king, well, don't you dare name him. His name is Jesus? Jesus you see comes not to be named by us we don't give him value we don't give him authority we don't reduce him to our understanding one of the signs that you're a Christian is that your authority gets relegated to his you grow in confidence to put your life in his hands you realise that your understanding of God is way too small And the more you understand of who God is, according to how the Bible has revealed him, the bigger your concept of God becomes, the more confident you become, your faith grows in him. Because you see, actually, that King Jesus comes not to be named, not by Joseph. He has a name that's from eternity, and he's the king, and his name is Jesus. But why? Well, that's the third thing about Christmas Courage. You need to have courage to face the world's disapproval. You need courage to face and put your life under the authority of the king. But you need the greatest courage of all to do this. You need courage to admit you need rescuing. To admit you need rescuing. I think this is the hardest thing. Um, I'm a pretty thick-headed, stubborn-hearted man. And one of the things that I find most difficult in life is asking for help. I find asking for help really hard. But there's one time that I would shout for help. And that would be if I'm the person in the water. I'm okay at swimming, but I know my limits. And it's about one length at the Rainbow Centre. But here we have someone who's in deep trouble. They're in distress. And so what do they do? If they can, they shout out for help themselves. And the Coast Guard is rallied. And they're there as quick as they can be. And they do a great and a fantastic job. But do you know what? Our situation is not like that. Our situation is more like the hand in the water. One of the signs of Christmas courage for men and for women, for boys and for girls, is the ability to say you cannot face life by yourself. Actually you're drowning. You don't just need help, you need rescuing. Are you Christians? You're so weak. Yes we are. But that is not a sign of weakness to admit that. It's actually a sign of courage and it's a sign of strength. You need great courage at Christmas like Joseph did to admit that you need rescuing. You need great courage to say, actually, I'm helpless. My hand is out of the water and I'm drowning. I'm drowning in life. I'm drowning because the world asks too much of me and I put on a good show, but I can't do it. And sometimes my mask slips. But even more importantly, you're drowning in the expectations that God has for you. This perfect standard that only he has ever met in his son, Jesus You can't possibly live up to that. You can't live a good enough life that you don't need rescuing. You can't live a good enough life so that God will be pleased with your record. Just look at the last week of my life and your life. And we need rescuing. And we need to cry out, perhaps like Joseph did, in the quietness that actually we need rescuing, we need help. And his name is Jesus. I'm not totally sure how it happened after uh, Joseph listened to the the words from the angel. I don't know quite what happened in his mind. I'm not totally sure. But it strikes me that Joseph acted very much like the one whose birth he was waiting for. He acted very much like Jesus. There's Mary. Her womb was expanding week by week. She's quickly going to go to the Jerusalem or the Bethlehem local and get an ultrasound or whatever they did measuring in those days. Joseph could have escaped, but Joseph chose to stay and he chose to bring Mary into his home and in his life. Mary's weakness became his, Mary's disgrace, well, Joseph owned that as well. And the only way for Mary to be saved was for Joseph to bring her under his wing. And the only way for Joseph to be saved utterly, utterly, was for Mary to submit her will to the hand of God. That's the only way for Joseph to be saved utterly. Friends, if you want to become a Christian this morning, you need Christmas courage. You need Christmas courage because the truth of being a Christian is it's hard and you have to face the world's disapproval. It's not easy to be a Christian, but it is great and it's joy-filled now and in the future then. But that begins when you willingly put your life under the kingship of Jesus and that only begins when you Admit that actually you need rescuing, you need help. There's a wonderful uh, sentence or two from my favourite Christmas hymn. We're going to sing it, Christmas Carol, in two days' time. should sing it more. It says this. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. What does it mean? Peace on earth and mercy mild. There's no helicopter here to uh, a rescue mission to begin. There's no kind of speedboat jettisoning out from a local port to come and help us. Here we have God's rescue plan in this mild baby. He's not talking about a curry flavour, strength. This is talking about the plan of God. It wasn't violent. It wasn't coerced. It wasn't forced. But God came freely gently, he came happily, he he took off the cloak of his glory, he took off that outer garment and he made the greatest journey and the longest journey there's ever been and the only way he could be saved or the only way he could be saviour is if he did what Joseph did he identified with us Jesus, he laid down his life Jesus and Joseph looked at Mary who was losing her life for him And in that moment, he was able to lose his life for her. I'm not going to kick you out. I'm going to welcome you into my home. That takes courage. It takes Christmas courage. And if you do that, then you start to look at people differently. You don't look down at other people. You look them in the eye and you give them the joy that you have received, which is Jesus. Practically, but also in the gospel being explained from your lips as well. Knowing Jesus is the greatest gift. He gives you a new life. It gives you a new purpose, a new direction. But to accept him takes courage. It's Christmas courage. I wonder if you have that. I wonder if you have that. If you want to find out more, I'd love to give you a book. It's our book this Christmas. It's a rescuing Christmas. You can spot it by the penguin. A couple of people took it last week. It's a great and it's an easy read. It's just on the table outside. If you want to get one, please get one. I'm not going to ask you any questions. Neither will anybody else. Just please promise if you take it, read it. And after you've read it, you can put a bow on it and give it to someone else if you read it by Tuesday. So there's a last minute present you can give to someone else as well. It's about Christmas courage, you see. Don't name him, Joseph. He's already named and his name is Jesus. Why? Because he was saved the world, you could say, from their sins. Everyone who places their faith in him will be saved forever.